just tuning in to Civic Cipher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. You are either just tuning in or still listening to Civic Cipher. Indeed you are. Um, and we want you to keep on listening because we are dealing with some trolls, some online comments, some people who don't see things the way that we might see them. And they are parroting very old, archaic, far-right, deeply conservative ideals. We call them zombies because they just won't die. Um, and our hope is that you, our listener, will benefit from this conversation we're having today and learn a couple of things that you might be able to use in your conversations, in your attempts to become a better ally. So um, stick around for all that and so much more. But while we're talking about becoming a better ally, why don't we take a moment and discuss how you can do that? Talk right about now. it. So right now, let's discuss becoming a better ally. B-A-B-A, Baba. Today's Baba is sponsored by Friends of the Movement, um, supporting black businesses and allied businesses. Uh, check FOTMglobal.com and make an impact with your spending. Again, that's FOTMglobal.com. All right, um, I pulled these from the Wilson Organization's 12 Ways to Support Black People. Just some reminders, um, just some light stuff. Uh, if, in case you've forgotten, in case there's some things that have been on the back burner. Um, number one, keep your Black Lives Matter signs out. Um, we still need that support. We, we have a long road ahead of us and the more people see that black people are being supported, um, the more inclined they are to continue to offer their support. That goes a long way. Number two, join diversity and inclusion groups at work. Um, these are under attack by the far right. They don't want any DEI. They don't want any uh, critical race theory. They don't want our history taught. They don't want um, affirmative action. They don't want a lot of stuff. So again, join DEI groups at work and be vocal there. Continue supporting Black-owned businesses. Obviously, a lot of the problems that plague Black uh life in, in America can be traced to poverty. And so supporting black businesses certainly helps alleviate that. Uh, stop supporting racist influencers and companies, unfollow them, just don't support. Um, have difficult conversations with family and friends. That's sort of what we're trying to help you out with today. Hold companies accountable. That means send emails. If you're a Karen, get on that Karen energy, but do it for the right reasons. Uh, check in with your child's school about the district's anti-racism efforts and make sure they keep their books in the libraries, check on petitions you signed months ago, see if any follow-up action is needed. Continue your anti-racism learning. You're doing that today. We appreciate it. Reflect on your own problematic actions. Continue to donate to meaningful organizations at the website, civicsypher.com. And finally, check in with your Black friends and family. All right. Let's get back to these, uh, these comments. So, um, one of our posts, we talked about... Police training. We talk about police training a lot of our posts. <laughs> um, you know, I, I mentioned this, uh, and, and this is very important because it really does need to be fleshed out. If there is a source of, if there was a fix-all for, there, there's never going to be a fix-all, but if there was such a thing for Black people in this country, it would be economic justice, restorative economic justice, right? Black people have been robbed of money not just our lives and our dignity and our rights and all that sort, but of actual dollars and cents. And we've been relegated as a group of people to ghettos and, and, you know, as a status as second-class citizens in this country. Um, 
the best jobs historically have gone to one group of people and have not gone to another group of people. Um, housing discrimination, redlining, all these sorts of things, ways that people build wealth and pass wealth on to future generations. Um, that informs how people get educated. You know, your school district is paid by property taxes. Um, so if you live in a poor neighborhood, oftentimes these are black neighborhoods. Um, and I don't want to just say that that only black people are poor because I'm aware that there is a part of the country where everybody's white and they're all poor and the Appalachians, right? But if we're, you know, talking about the numbers and the data, it certainly suggests that the black people are at the bottom end of that spectrum. In on, a, terms on a percentage basis, there you it's go. disproportionate to yes. black people. Yes. Of course, there are more poor white people because there are more poor because there are more white people. Sure. Sure. But, you know, the, on the percentage, the, the per capita, it's disproportionately black and brown people. Yes. But here's here's a critical difference here is that when you talk about poor Appalachian people, they have not been subjected to the same disenfranchisement that black people have. Right. And so um, this narrative that black people should pull their, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, this is sort of the, another common thing that, that shows up in the comments. It is, um, it's, first off, I, I might have shared this on the show before, but it's based on, like, think about it for a second. It is impossible to pull, yourselves up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It is physically impossible to do it. Imagine boots. Now imagine straps. And then imagine pulling yourself up. It doesn't work, right? Um, I believe it was first introduced into uh, media via like a newspaper or something in the early 1900s or late 1800s. Um, and it was meant to illustrate that it was impossible for, I think it was originally intended to like pick on like Italians or or maybe the um, Irish or something like that. But it is, it is physically impossible to do that. But the idea was to show the government like, yo, this is not possible. You can't, we cannot fix the problem that we're not creating. You know, you're creating the problem and we need you to fix it, right? So for that to be parroted to black people, fix your own problems, um, there's, there's a, when, when I talk about personal responsibility, there are things that black people that we do own that we can own provided that other things, you know, there's a critical process here. Other things need to be taken care of first. Um, but I think that we've shown in our history, our commitment to this country, to, um, living up to the American dream, the promise that this country has for all of her citizens, um, as a people, if we're painting with broad strokes, I believe that we've done that. We haven't left, we haven't rioted to any significant degree, certainly not to the degree that we could. I mean, sure, we've been frustrated. There have been conflicts. But I think the thing that you would fear is us rioting against a group of people. Right. And that's like, what we've never done. That's what that. And that's what, thank you for saying that. Right. That's they what they pointed to. out the destruction of property, right? During, during the summer of 2020. And people showed up with assault rifles to keep us from destroying property that didn't belong to them. Yeah. And we're talking about human lives, which we correct should, in theory, value more. All yeah, of so us. Everything that is feared that we will one day rise up and do has not happened at all. There's an entire history that shows that that's not what yeah. we're on. We are simply trying to exist and we're trying to prosper. And just by being black, every so often somebody either comes along and tears down what we've built for ourselves or they put in the way hurdles and barriers to keep us from ever getting where we're trying to go. If you, Because we're black and that being the only reason why. If you want to find out the real reason why there's no health care in this country, 
please look that up. And then you will see kind of how black people have been regarded in this country historically. Right. Okay. When you say no health care expound, please. I don't want I don't want that universal universal health care, okay. universal health care. Why? Why this country does not have universal health care. Um, I, I want you to look that up. Why does the United States not have universal health care and dig deep? And, you and we might be the only of what they call developed countries that doesn't have universal health care. But I, I think that when you find the answer that I'm pointing you toward, you'll you'll begin to see exactly what what this country, historically speaking, has thought of black people. Now, of course, we're all born, you know, in the past hundred years. Sure. You know, um, and things have certainly progressed since then. You know, I was born in the 80s, so things have even progressed since the 80s. I will see that entirely. I was able to vote for Barack Obama. He was elected president. Um, I saw everyone come out and join us when we marched for black life. I saw that, you know, there is love and that we do have potential in this country. But there's a not insignificant amount of people who still feel that the old way is the best way. <laughs> And they're in enough position of power to do something about it, or at minimum, to troll us on online. So back to the economic restorative justice, or reparations, or uh, you know, scary word, out, careful, or, or you know, anything. Like we don't even have to talk about rep. Listen, Biden wanted to make education free. Not, let me interrupt. Go ahead. Wanted to forgive. The insurmountable oh, yeah. debt that not, some not people just that. already have. Not just that. Make it education-free moving forward, too. But yes, that, too. Both of these things. Once you see that... I, I don't want to connect some dots and sound like a conspiracy theorist here. But everything that I see, time and again, it, it almost seems like if Black people stand to benefit from it, there is a much stronger response to it than if only or majority white people benefit from it, from the right and the far right, okay? Now, I'm not imagining that. I, I, I know that I've oh, seen it now. far too much data that supports what you're saying. Yeah, or, 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 or articles or, or, yeah. So, so that is something that, at least in my experience, has been very real. Um, but, okay, I don't want to, I, I may want to make sure that I make this point. So economic restorative justice. So when you talk about, I talked about the schools, um, I talked about, okay, let's talk about voting. Okay. Voting happens when people are able to take time off of work. We don't have a national voting holiday. Why do you suppose that is? Because then poor people would be able to vote. Yeah. Right. So anyway, um, poor people, black people, black people, liberal, you know, et cetera. And so they, you know, you get what I'm saying? So, so when, when, uh, when you're poor and you're living hand to mouth, your ability to let your voice be heard is compromised, right? Um, in the past, they had things like poll taxes and literacy tests and, you know, that sort of stuff. And it's just kind of evolved, right? Gerrymandering is the most obvious way of disenfranchising Black people in this country. Um, but these other tactics work as well. Right. Um, now, when you're poor, 
let's say you resort to whatever means necessary to feed your family, okay? These, these means might not, strictly speaking, be the most legal means, but you're poor. What are you going to do? I got to eat. I got to feed my family. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to bust a move, right? So you bust a move and you get hemmed up by the police, okay? What do the police do? They take you to jail and they put you in jail, okay? Now, maybe you did have a job and you're trying to supplement that income, okay? But when you're in jail, as a poor person, the only way that you can get out is when you bail out, okay? Now, I'm talking about all these things because they disproportionately affect black people, okay? So if you have money to bail out, well, then you wouldn't have been shoplifting in the first place, right? And if you're a person with means and you do commit a crime, then you have the money to bail out. You got the money to bail out. You don't even have to spend the night in jail. Exactly. You know, our former commander in chief turned himself in and then went home because he had the means to do so. Meanwhile, black people who can't afford bail and some in some instances don't ever even commit a crime are never even tried for said crime. They're just arrest, arrested and then the and held and they can't make bail. So they're just held for months awaiting trial. Yes. For years sometimes. sometimes. Right. Okay. So with, um, I forget his name, but in upstate New York, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Um, let's find his name. I want to make sure we said his name because he's passed away and it's important for us to say his name. Um, so anyway, so you're in jail. So what happens to the job that you might have had? Well, now you've lost that job because you're held in jail. You can't make bail. And then what impact does that have on your family? Now they're fending for themselves. And think of the, the impact that has on the community, right? So again, economic restorative justice. Um, this is the source of many of the problems that the black people have. And our inability to shape our reality um, stems from a lot of these economic limitations that are the result, again, of a long history of this country disenfranchising black people or actively stealing the and i'm talking about government agencies right um okay let's find another one so okay we're talking about i, I wanted to mention this one about police training okay so we were trying to dispel the the myth that better police training leads to better officers before and, you move on good there were so many stories when i put in died denied bail upstate new york <laughs> that i can't find this gentleman's name and i don't i don't mean this lightheartedly there are too many stories for me to, yeah. to even figure out who we're talking about so just imagine this idea you're arrested there's proof that you didn't do this thing but no one ever sees that the, that there's truth because you couldn't bail out and while you're held to be sentenced and tried at some point other people are being arrested at the same time and these people are being held and awaiting sentencing um during covid government institutions paperwork log jams it goes on and on you can see how a month several months a year multiple years can go by and because you don't have the means to do anything about it the system eats you alive literally yeah well um I, I happen to remember a detail about his case that he was accused of stealing a backpack, which he maintained the entire time that he didn't steal. And, and so that's what I 
plugged in. His name is Khalid Browder. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure that I said his name because he's an example of the aforementioned scenario. Um, okay. So again, back to police training. Um, police we, training. And, and we talked about this on the show. Okay. So in short, um, there's data that suggests that increased police training does not lead to changed attitudes. Um, they, they kind of will adopt a different posture for about a month and then they revert to type. They, they are back on whatever they were on before. So the, the diversity training or the, whatever the training is that, that officers sensitivity training, sensitivity training, all that sort whatever of diversity training, that sort of stuff. It doesn't work based on the data. And, and, you know, we've, we have this in a previous episode, please go to civic download it, check it out. Um, you can't, you can't miss it. It's recent enough. Probably in the last two months, we, we did that episode. Um, and then of course we cited some examples of police trainers who the people who were responsible for training the officers um ending lives themselves right be that acting in bad faith or making a mistake either way now so we we used this as an example and we cited the data and everything like that on one of our posts well this <laughs> is some of these comments again um so okay i just had one right here. give me one second where'd it go um police don't need anything the people need to act right enforce social norms and quit making excuses for bad behavior um yeah and so if if you behave bad you should be killed but the, and, and and you know what like i think even that person thinks that that would be a ridiculous way to end their own comment right people just need to act better because if you behave bad, you should be murdered. I think even that person would agree that that's a ridiculous conclusion to reach. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? Even if there was a person who really felt like it needs to be that strict, don't break the rules and then you get to live. Even if the person sincerely felt that way, right? I've been to places around the world. They're 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 called... Um, what are these called? Um, I forget the name of the type of state, but it's some sort of state uh, where the the penalties for crimes are super severe. So, you know, no one commits crimes, but when someone does, it's often the death penalty. Singapore is a place like this. I've been there. Um, been there a few times, actually. I don't chew gum there. <laughs> but let's say that this is how you feel. You feel like how the Singaporean government feels, right? Don't do any crime. You won't have a problem. Nothing to see here. We've seen time again, and you just mentioned Q, that you don't necessarily need to commit a crime to be at odds with the police. What we call it is often enough just being black and nearby, right? This is a real thing. And if you're not a black person, you don't know this experience. You at, at some point, you just have to kind of take our word for it. That's a real thing. It's not our imagination. We're not victims. And nobody wants that. Who, who wants to be a victim? What Pause. Do? We are victims. Well, we're not playing the victim you card Thank in you, our Q. imagination. Thank you for saying that. We're not making these things up. These are real life experiences that we go through for simply existing in the skin we were born into. I have never done drugs in my life. I was pulled over on the highway in a brand new car. Police dogs came and the police told us that their dog 
sensed or found or smelled <laughs> drugs in the car I just bought. And if that it wasn't us, then maybe someone walked by the car with the drugs in their pocket and brushed, and up, brushed against up against the car. That was not my imagination, folks. And the last stop was 150 miles prior to that. That really happened. I was there. I saw it. So anyway, um, the long and the short of it is that you can appreciate that no matter what happens, all of these things deserve someone to think about them. And these people really need to be educated, but we're not going to be able to fight this battle in the comments section. That's not how this works. But we do recognize that you, our listener, encounter these talking points in your day-to-day -day lives you know what i mean and as these things come up our hope is that we've given you a little bit more um to work with uh one last thing before i go i made a comment recently where i was saying that q and i we we deleted our twitter accounts because we don't want to be in spaces where the n-word flies freely and there was a person that responded to that saying Oh, well, I guess you don't listen to rap music and you don't watch black comedy and that sort of stuff. And they have a different idea of what inward flies freely means than I do, because if black people say that word we've, and we've done an episode on this. Feel free to go back and check the archives. Why is the N word so offensive when, when non-black people use it? Um, but the long and the short of it is that. For black people, it does not sound like um, an insult when it, we hear other black people say it, this has been my experience. Okay. When other people say it, it does sound like an insult. So it may as well be two different words. Right. And so the N word does fly freely on Twitter because everyone uses it. It does not fly freely in hip hop because from where I can sit, you know, it's only black people saying that we'll leave that one right there with that in mind. Thank you for walking this path with us. Um, this is kind of a weird episode for us to do. I'm being honest. Normally we talk about things that are happening, but we're trying to give you some game. And and for you guys, I know some of you are like, why do you guys even pay attention to that? Of course. And the truth of the matter is people pretend that social media isn't real. It's very real. Very we spend real. A, all of us spend a large portion of our days there. And when every comment you get reads like that, it makes even those of us that consider ourselves kind of emotionally intelligent and sane pause for a second like, hey, Am I the one that's tripping here? Do us a favor. Help us out. Follow us on social media and leave some positive comments. Hit the website, civiccipher.com. Our webs, our social media is all Civic Cipher. Um, rock out with us, man, and, and help us, you know, change the world. How about that? Until next week, y'all. Peace.